Yeah, sure. It's classy. It's a classy old 1942 to go with this 710 split. Two hours of nothing but movie cocaine. More semen. So where can I find some more semen? Bye, 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 bye. You're going to need to narrow it down from Ninja Tree. Directed by Sylvester Stallone. Full spoiler. His character's an asshole. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that is covered in all the juices the neighbor's Mastiff has to offer. Ew. <laughs> yeah, it's really gross. Yep. Ew. That comes from a guy that used to own a Mastiff. Yeah. Ace. He was out fighting with the other dog just tearing around and got that dog all slobbery and then that dog came over and was like rubbing up on me and I was like why are you wet and I was like oh those mastiffs just stay in your life don't they (laughs) yeah but this one is a a good dog it's a lot worlds better than that dog you had piece of crap oh I don't know that dog I mean he literally that dog turned bad he he was Satan's gatekeeper pretty much I'll never forget. Wasn't there a time where he like was like barreling down on you, or like chasing after you or something? Or I just remember that you, you were you like went out to, you went out to feed him, and then he tried to jump over about a four and a half foot tall fence just because I was standing there. He tr- trying to come after me I was like, "I've uh, why I don't understand why I wasn't doing anything." Yeah, protecting his her property or eh, whatever. Yeah, idiot. Yeah. This is why I only have dogs big enough that I can, like, drop kick. Yeah, <laughs> yes, if the need arises. Yes. Which it never does, because you just look at them and you say stop, and then they piss themselves in terror. <laughs> <laughs> All of our animal lover listeners are to like, okay, delete podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't, we aren't torturing animals or something. No, that no, was not a... <laughs> no. I was, I was literally, I was, I was afraid of the dog. I, I was terrified of it. I, I only stood by its kennel, like, once or twice, and I was like, yep, I'm done. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, how's it going? Good. Been a long, long day today, but uh, that's good. I've got some newer responsibilities at the theater, and so I'm just learning those, and uh, it's just, it's been good, but uh, very, uh, it's very, I don't want to say stressful and hectic, but that's kind of what it is, just, you know, learning some new stuff, mm-hmm. so... That's pretty normal when you take on new responsibilities or step up yeah. in promotion or whatever. Exactly. So nice. Congratulations. And you? Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you? Uh, busy as all hell today, man. Wow. Just ugh, long day at work and chasing after kids. But um, fortunately, they are at grandma's tonight since uh, she's going to be babysitting them tomorrow. So yay! Night off, a full night of sleep, maybe, and you know, podcast, and maybe watch an actual movie late. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know how it is when, a, for once the house is quiet. Yep. Gotcha. I, mean, I literally just got home from work and cleaned up and here I am. So I didn't even see the kids this evening, but, um, what we've learned here is that we're great animal owners and we're great parents. That's, that's yes. Funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and, uh, rolling off of that, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, <laughs> uh, Canada House, because the, oh. we gotta quit talking about Canadian Hunter, because the places where I go buy it now, it's an empty hole. And I'm like, come on, don't be out of my shit. But they're <laughs> out of my shit, so. 
I guess we're spreading the word. A Canadian hunter, whenever you're ready to sponsor the show, we are, uh, our, our lines and emails are, are wide open. <laughs> yeah. Ready, willing, and able. Uh-huh. Well, I'm drinking rich and rare reserve. Uh, and just so you know, reserve means it tastes better, maybe? I, no. It just means it's in a glass bottle, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's the same old, same old. It's rich and rare, but uh, in a pretty in a pretty bottle, and a couple dollars more. It's the three D conversion of whiskeys. Yes, and and they got me too. I'm like, eh, I could get the plastic bottle, or <laughs> or I could get a fancier label that says Reserve in a nice glass bottle for maybe three dollars more. Is that a deal? And Eugene's brain says yes. <laughs> All they need to do is Slanniger syndrome sticker on the side of it, and you oh, they could jack the oh, price would, up to thirty bucks. I would, I would buy stock in the company. <laughs> yep, fantastic. All right, are you ready to move on to the show? Let's do it. All right, let's kick it off like we always do with the roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was hypersomnia, supersomnia, up against Shimmer Lake, and. Yeah, I get to go first. Great. Uh, Hypersomnia. I rewrote the um, synopsis on this one because I didn't like it. I thought it was inaccurate. Okay. Uh, An an aspiring actress lands a role in a stage play about women sold as sex slaves, I think, and slips between realities when she is a... where she is a sex slave, I think. So, uh, this is a Spain-ish movie. And for the most part, the technicals were all on point. I don't really have too much to complain about that. The story itself is reminiscent of a Mulholland Drive or a Lost Highway in its structure, in that you're not entirely sure what's going on, kind of. Maybe a little closer to Lost Highway, where there's a dream state and a wake state, and you know how them shifts halfway through? Yep. She's slipping in and out of this hypersomnia and going back and forth between the two way more frequently. Instead of just Lost Highway where it was once, maybe twice, or once across and once back, she's doing it multiple times. So she gets this play, and then at any point where she kind of falls down or something, then she kind of lands in the other one. So if they're practicing the play and she trips, then she lands in the other reality, where she actually is a sex slave in a totally different place. And I'm going along with it, and it's okay. And... Then the third act, they tried to take this very surreal concept and explain it and make it real, and it didn't really work for me. I mean, it came together, excuse me, in a interesting fashion, and it became more of a mystery thriller and kind of just dropped the other aspects. It never explained why this was happening. It just kind of, it happened. In, in it, so it, I ended up feeling more like Sucker Punch, you know, where she went to oh, fantasy yes. land. Okay. Except it, it turned out it wasn't fantasy land. And then the two lines converge and she helps rescue. Pe- I guess it's a bit of a spoiler, but she figures out where they're at and helps rescue people. But it was like very odd. I was like, okay, so now we're realm of the real world now or all both of it, it just i just it didn't quite all work for me but it doesn't sound like you're hating on it i'm trying not to will i watch this again no should you watch it maybe you might like it i mean there's 
I mean, for as many times as I said sex, just giving that synopsis, there is absolutely nothing sexy about this whatsoever. It, it feels extremely rapey the entire time. Well, and there is rapey in it because it's sex slave stuff. Okay. But it's not like Ilsa or yeah. something where it's meant to be kind of... Titillating. Yeah, it, it's not that at all. It's just, oh, this is horrible. And for me personally, it's something that... um, I know there are some... I can't remember who they are now, but there are some uh, directors that... I've listened to podcasts of where they say that they will never have a rape in any of their movies. Like they will never use that as an entertainment device. And I have taken that to heart as well. Like when I, if I'm writing a story or a screenplay or anything, that will never be in one of my stories that I come up with as an entertainment device or a shock device or anything like that. So watching this movie, it's just where it's just breathing that yeah. over and over and over. It's like, ugh. but I mean, it was shot quite well. And I mean, you might want to give it a shot. You might, enjoy it again it's it's not like it's chuck full of rape or something i'm I'm trying to be how do i explain it you know but they're in this sex house or sex slave house where they're not doing it of their own free will sure. it's not a prostitution thing eh, it's, uh, yeah I, i'll probably skip it well and maybe it's one for october if you're looking for another slot to fill you can throw it in there but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I probably won't be revisiting. Okay. Just it, icky. Gotcha. Okay. Shimmer Lake. Shimmer Lake. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is a Netflix original uh, directed by Oren Uziel, I believe, something like that. Uh, a cast that uh, that you'll, you'll watch the movie and there's a, a good handful of people. You're like, oh, I know him. I know him. Uh, Rob Cordry is in this. I really like Rob Cordry. You know who that guy is? Then I know the name. Okay, he was. Um, oh, uh, he's the guy that was in. Uh, bear with me here, just a second. My internet's really slow. I'm looking uh, too. You can go on. I'll look it up. Okay, um, but I really like him. I think he's really funny. Rain Wilson is in this, and uh, anyway, okay, so. The uh, the synopsis hot tub time machine. That's the one. Hot tub yep. time machine. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's hilarious. Uh, so this is a murder mystery cop drama told in reverse, and by reverse I mean a bit like Memento. Uh, we've got a scene that happens, and it says like it says the time, and then after. X amount of minutes, then we jump back a day or however many hours all the way back to the very beginning. And I will say this for this movie, it works quite well. It is obviously a pretty low-budget movie, but as with all Netflix movies, it's it's got a really good look to it and there's a lot of production value in it, but this is definitely not one of their like a high-budget Netflix movie. It's not. Uh, I would imagine that most of the budget probably went to secure the actors in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is written pretty well and it's acted pretty well. It does have the feel of, of a fairly new director. If I I hate to say that, but I, it just, it doesn't quite feel, uh, like, like the direction was, and he's only, he's, this is the only thing he's ever directed. It doesn't feel quite polished enough. And maybe that's, maybe that's a part of the fault of the writer, uh, it's not a deal breaker. Basically, this movie is a 
I, I hate to say cash in, but it feels like a cash in of the TV show Fargo, where oh. all the characters are about are quirky. They're quirky characters. So let's take a relatively generic story because it is. Let's make it interesting by doing it in reverse, and let's make it kind of Fargo esque. And voila, Shimmer Lake, and that's what it is. It's uh, if this would be told right the right way, it would be. Uh, totally forgettable, but because it, it the the way it's shot, uh, and with the actors that it has in it, it's definitely definitely worth a one watch a a very I don't want to say hesitant recommendation, but it's it's worth one watch. I'll probably never watch it again, but it was enjoyable while it was on. But it like part of it wants to be serious. And then the characters all do these kind of weird, quirky things, like just like Fargo or a, but, any Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, and but and while it works fantastic in the Fargo TV show, it just it feels a bit forced in this. So, gotcha. But but you should I seriously you should you should at some point check it out. I think that you would enjoy it. It is, you know, it's. I can tell that there was a lot of, a lot. That went into making the movie for on a low budget and making it as good as they could for the talent involved and the this new director and all that stuff. But it's uh it's one and done for me. Okay. Well I'll definitely keep in the queue. I'm an, I'm gonna give that one a watch. I almost pushed play on it this week, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna wait and see what you have to say first. Yeah. And hey, it's a it's a short runtime, so it, it moves at a really good clip. You might like it a lot more than I did, but uh, again, just the whole memento feel cross with Fargo, I'm like it feels like it's trying too hard to be those, I guess. Yeah. So anyway, Shimmer Lake. <laughs> All right. Squirrely uh, falls in the middle of the pack with roulette. Like that will be a probably not on the best of or the worst. It'll just be kind of a it's there. Hey, that's better than getting a shit pile. Mm-hmm. Okay, you ready for the next round? Let's do it. Coming your way from first up from Voodoo, the falling. A Spanish horror movie tells the story of three American teens on vacation in Spain who drive their RV into a tiny Spanish town where the large piece of Skylab has fallen and infected the town with a parasitic alien microbe that drives human beings insane and turns them into horrible mutants. 91 minutes from the 80s. That sounds like a win. Uh, the Stanford Prison Experiment. And this was a recent remake, I believe. This one's a little longer, 121 minutes, but it's solid, solid cast and everything, so I thought it was worth throwing on there. Conducting a study of, you know, the Stanford Prison Experiment. Yes. Okay. Yep. I don't need to explain it. There you go. And lastly, your rock-solid pick of the week, probably, maybe, S is for Stanley. This film examines the complex life of iconic filmmaker Stanley Kubrick, as seen through the eyes of his devoted longtime driver, Emilio D'Alessandro. I think that one's 90 minutes as well, so I think I presented a perfect spread this week. You got your horror movie, you got a solid drama thing, and a safe film documentary. Okay. You. Sounds good. Okay, and headed your way, first up is uh, one that you had thrown my way a while ago, 1988's Cameron's Closet. This is found on Almost Crackle. watched that this week, too. And... <laughs> oh, really? Oh, Nice. Um, a father who experiments with his son's psychokinetic uh, powers is unaware that these experiments release a demon from hell which lives in his son's closet preparing to take over the young boy's soul. The book is good. 
the novel at least, at least from what I can remember back in high school. So there's that. And next up is, uh, this is a YouTube movie, 2020 Texas Gladiators. Good Lord, that title is just awesome. Please tell me the 2020, uh, that's meant to be a year, right? Like this Yes, a, it is 2020, yeah. the future. Yes, from, so, as told from 1978 through 1981, right? <laughs> exactly, like that. yes, yes. So 1982, directed by Joe D'Amato, which is, he, I love Joe D'Amato, and George Eastman. He came from the East. Yes, and George Eastman is, we've talked about George Eastman before. He is the, uh, he's the cannibalistic killer from uh, Anthropophagus. Yes. And, uh, okay, so there you go. There's your directing duo, and it stars Al Cliver, and Al Cliver is a... Uh, a side character in pretty much every Lucio Fulci movie. He's kind of got this sandy blonde hair and these dreamy blue eyes. And he's, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> pecs you could just fall asleep in. Oh yeah, he's actually he is the uh, in in Fulci's zombie. He is the uh, the boat captain, I guess you would say. Him and his uh, oh okay topless wife girlfriend or whatever. She's the one. That, yeah yeah yeah. It's that's him. But this one here, actually, I did some research, and it gets, as far as a grindhouse type movie, gets pretty good reviews. Post-apocalyptic Texas, a band of warriors fight against a fascist regime that is trying to take control of all surviving population. I will, regardless if you pick it, I'm going to watch that sometime. Okay, and last but not least, we have Avenged. This is on Voodoo. This is the freebie on Voodoo. Uh, another one that, that I, again, I know that you always say, where do those reviews come from? But it actually gets pretty good reviews. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty, uh, brutal. Well, I've got uh, a couple, couple here on IMDb, so I'm not sure which one it is that are titled Avenged. So Avenged is, uh, oh, it's also known as Savaged. A deaf girl is brutalized by a murderous gang who are then hunted by her when the bloodthirsty spirit of an Apache warrior inhabits her lifeless body. So uh, there's your rapey movie of the uh, week, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I filled that quota last week. Yeah, but uh, it, seriously, that's another one that, uh, I mean, just looking here, it gets a lot of really good reviews, and I'm, I'm surprised that it fell under my radar, because usually I try to hunt down these weird little horror movies that come and go, but anyway. There you go. They took her life. She'll take her revenge. Dun, dun, dun. And there's a crow flying in the background because, you know, she's coming back from the dead to get revenge mm. and the murder. I'm going to pass on that one. Thing. Um, 2020 Texas Gladiators, I guess it will be for me. Oh, And okay. that Cameron's Closet, I am going to watch. It looks cool, but I'm. this is the one that I'm going to take for the roulette. Okay. Okay, and for me, uh, I did a little bit of research on... Okay, so first off, the Stanford Prison Experiment, I for some reason thought at first that that was the Belco Experiment. I'm like, oh, that is all me. Oh, I no. would never throw that to you on the roulette. Okay, because I'm would. i watching that the minute I'm able to. Uh, yeah, that's um, way too good for roulette. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I've seen a variation of that before. I'm not sure if it was called The Experiment with uh, Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody. I yeah. watched that one too. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm like, I, I get the story. Okay, I've, I've kind of seen that before. Not saying that I'm not going to watch this, but it's two hours long. Eh. S is for Stanley is definitely going to happen at some point. But The Falling, uh, I did a little bit of research on that, and I realized that that is an old 
that was one of those movies that I always like studied the box art when I was younger and we would go to the mall that would have the big box video store or whatever and that was always on there and it was it goes by another title and the other title escapes me right now it's not Alien Encounter but yeah, it was something like that, because I was looking up this movie, and it was something like Alien Encounter, I think. Yeah, Alien Predator, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's that movie. And then so I went to Voodoo, and I'm like, I can actually stream this in HD. Sold. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it could be a dud, but at the very least, that's one that I I remember always looking at that box art thinking, I need to see this movie. And I forgot about it until The Roulette, and I'm like, The Falling. I'm like, huh? So I assume that the box art was different than what they have on Voodoo. Yes, yes. It's like there's like this creature in the background and it's very much alien-esque. It'll Uh, probably uh, suck, but I'm going to give it a watch. Well, shoot me a text on that one because I want to watch that too. (laughs) Hmm. You know, just at least a thumbs up, thumbs down, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know me, I'm, I'm a sucker for these early 80s cheese fests, so my thumbs up might be... Uh, meh for you. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I know. But that's why I toss one in there. Because I I love it when later I'll go watch these other movies and tell you how great they are and be like, they were on the roulette. And you're like, oh, what garbage did I watch that week? Yeah. Oh, The Falling. You watched The yeah. Falling. Okay. Yep. There you have it. Next week on the roulette, it will be 2020 Texas Gladiators up against The Falling. My God, we picked the wow. shittiest shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't even feel bad for us. We do it to ourselves. Because seriously, S is for Stanley is uh, that's a no brainer, and I, I would imagine that Cameron's Closet is going to be a zo- a solid pick. Me too. But uh, yeah, let's go with the ones that we can make fun of. Sure, why not? <laughs> All right, there you go. Are you ready to move on? Yep, let's do it. Hmm. Canada House. Okay, now usually we, well, at least for the last month or so we've been diving right into recently watched but i'm springing on you a little bit of a rabbit trail before we do that just because i'm so curious to get your thoughts on this story and it's such a unusual or rare thing at least it feels like it to me and i i can't stop thinking about this story this week and so i was curious what you thought about it um the han solo solo film star wars uh, is is has been filming, and uh, with the directors of the Lego Movie, was it Lord and Miller, I believe. Okay. I the story came out uh, yesterday, I believe, that they are no longer directing the film. It's been filming. It's been from the reports I read. It's been in principal photography for four months. Oh. And the the first story that came out was that they are no longer directing it. And maybe creative differences. And then the story, another story I read said that, no, they were fired. And then another oh. story I read said that it, they just were, uh, let's see, what was the other? Uh, I read one that said Lawrence Kasdan was mad at them because they told, encouraged all the actors to ad lib and just skip what's on the page. I can't, I find that one a little hard to believe, but there, there has just been a plethora of, of these stories out there about what is going on. I mean, this is odd, in my opinion. This is not something that happens every day. It might happen on a smaller budget production or something, but on a Star Wars movie, for the the directors to be fired four months into print, if, if that's true, I don't know that for a fact, but... So I Ooh. wanted to get your thoughts on that. 
Wow. Yeah, that's um, that's surprising. Uh, I mean, I know that there was the whole, uh, oh, they're going in for reshoots for Rogue One. And, oh, everybody's up in arms about that. And it turned out fine. And Rogue One was a good movie. But this is a different beast where there's the whole creative di- – like as soon as you said creative differences – that's never a good thing. That is never a that's a nice way of saying this this is not going well at all. I I can't imagine that that, that it is creative differences either because I mean obviously that's a term they use as a smokescreen when they're having real problems, but Yeah. Um it, it you don't have creative differences all of the sudden at 4 months into principal photography. You have creative differences at pre-production. Yeah. I mean like I'm not sure how long the uh, the shoot was going to go, but four months is getting long. Like for to act for actual principal photography, like it's I would have to like, think you're at least a third of the way through. Oh, at least I would yeah. guess. I mean, that's a major chunk. Oh boy, that's uh, that's kind of big news. Not kind of that is very big news. So you didn't hear about this at all. I, you know, I think I saw a blurb on. I, I've been so busy with work, yeah uh, that I, it's like. Sometimes like I just want to just veg out and not even look at the internet, uh, hop on the internet. So it's like I just watch a movie, which we'll get into some of the stuff I've watched. But mm-hmm. uh, I saw a blurb about it, but I didn't think – until you said something, I, it was out of sight, out of mind. I didn't know anything about it. In fact, I didn't even know who was directing it. Yeah. and Well, I didn't think too much of it either until I read that story that said – They've been filming for four months. And maybe I'm wrong on that. I yeah. should probably look that up. You know, just... maybe, maybe it's time that uh, they give old Josh Trank a call, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, am... did, <laughs> I did ask, though. I was curious, like, who – I mean, who are they going to get to fill in? And, and the – oh, Lord. I, I've heard there's several names bandied about. But, you know, because somebody's got to come in and finish this. If they're already filming, yeah. then somebody's got to come – finish it's a i don't want to compare it to justice league because that was obviously further along and that was because of tragedy that that was yeah. that had to change and but joss is going to have to finish that somebody's yeah. got to finish these things yeah. the thing with that one is that's going to be fine like that like you said that was a tragedy that's going to be fine that has all the goodwill in the world because of that yeah you know but, what i mean this ooh. i mean if director's out halfway through of a giant tentpole this is weird man yeah. i mean Maybe it happens more than I'm thinking, but to me, I think, it's weird. I think a good way to recover quickly. I'm not sure. I, hey, I'm not like I'm not a big wig in Hollywood, whatever. But I would try to get a big, high-profile director at that point. Uh, well, not another. Uh, just get get a big one. So it's like, oh, okay, the ship is still on course. We're good. It's like, oh, it's Spielberg's got it. Oh, we're fine, or something to that effect. Where if you get a big time. Would you uh, like to know name. the director that is supposedly the front runner to finish the film? Oh dear lord! Uh, I guess Ron Howard. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. I. Uh, I mean, well, I mean, come on. I mean, at least he's a guy that can make a competent film. Yeah. And you know, finish a project, but that's weird. I don't know. That's weird. Some yeah. Uh, uh, huh. Let me see here. Directors cited created differences. Some claim they were fired. Yeah. That is not good. Not good. But I no seriously. Like Ron Howard, when I hear that name, it's like, oh, okay. Well, he's 
you know, he's made a bunch of good movies, so it's going to be fine. That's in a general movie-going public type of way, I would think that, oh, they're trying to get, you know, a really seasoned director into the director's chair to write the ship, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in a message posted on Tuesday to the official Star Wars site, Lord and Miller wrote, quote, we normally aren't fans of the phrase creative differences, but for once the cliche is true. End quote. Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy added that, quote, it's become clear that we had different creative visions on this film and we've decided to part ways, but that a new, uh, and a new director will be announced soon. A source told Variety that the pair was fired. And that's, here's another thing too. They were attached previously to, uh, DC, Warner Brothers DC's The Flash. And then, and like they were on pre-production, like they were, they had the gig and they were into pre-production and then they quit citing creative differences. So between that and then this somewhere in there, I, I'm not trying to sound like a shill for the studios because if you know me, we, I tend to go against them in most cases, but at one point when every, how can I put this? Um, Every things I hear from guys more often. Every girl I date is just a dirty, terrible, cheating whorebag. Oh, every one, huh? They're all terrible, all terrible. Maybe it's you. Yep. Have you considered that? So I don't want to throw them under the bus, but at the same time, yeah, kind of. That's kind of. I'm just looking at what I'm seeing here. Hey, and by the way, I'm I'm still rooting for Josh Trank for some reason. I don't know what all went on behind the scenes of that of Fantastic Four, but there was a good movie in that Fantastic Four, and I I wish that it could have seen completion of Trank's version. I hope that the guy can recover and you know make a I don't know make do something else, make a good movie. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Just because you said that, I'm gonna pull my fan four stick off the shelf and watch it this yeah, week. I've got it on Blu-ray. Time. Yeah, I got it for a couple <laughs> bucks, and I'm like, you know. It wasn't as awful as everybody said. I thought it was It was not near as bad. You can tell there was definite uh, studio tampering, but, you know, it, I, I would love to see his original version. N- not that we ever will. We never will. That movie was buried. Yep, it's gone. Yeah. Hey, I saw that um, Spawn is coming to Netflix in July, and I was like, eh, the, I've seen it. I'm good. But Fan Stick, I'll watch that again. Oh, sure. <laughs> Sure. Hey, that, <laughs> that first half of Fantastic Four, that first half, the body horror stuff, I was totally into. And then a year later, huh? Yeah. Okay. That was weird. That, yeah. was, that was weird for me too. Even as a like, especially being the comic book guy and not being a fan, Fantastic Four fan. I'm not. I'll admit that. Um, a, a year later, I, I, even from what I know of the books that I've read. Reed Richards would never do that. Um, that just would never happen. It, it eh, whatever. It, yeah. Wow, wow. Went from Han Solo to uh, Van Forstick. Okay. Yeah, it was so interesting. <laughs> you know, one last thing about going off the, the whole Josh Trank thing. I, I still remember, uh, I think, was it you that said you need to listen to the, uh, the uh, Kevin Smith podcast where he's interviewing Josh Trank and then it's like, there was like a three-part series, and then after part two, it, uh, we go to part it three. Was, and it I was, think it was a four-part series, and after part three, they stopped. 
And then yes. and, they, and then and Kevin Smith made a mention of it. But yeah, it, he said eh, part four might want to do that one probably because of the tweets and stuff that Tranka put out to putting out the part four and really explaining what happened. That's kind of a Hollywood no no. You don't really talk shit about people. You have to. Everybody was great. It was such a happy production. Everybody was awesome. And anybody that talks smack, you kind of get put in movie jail if you do that too much. Yeah. So. Yep, and he's in movie jail, I will say. And speaking of Kevin Smith, by the way, I'm not sure if you well, yeah, you follow him. He is uh, is or was making a movie in Sarasota, Florida, like right up the street from where we used to live. I've been seeing like, mentions that he's filming a new movie this week. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it was something that he's never talked about before, so I was skeptical of it, but... Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're... Oh, I know where that is. That's like, that was minutes from where we used to live. I'm like, ah, oh, that's awesome. His His mom lives in Florida. So I just thought he was down there for that, too. Mm. But who knows? Maybe you were neighbors. <laughs> Didn't even know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. Anyway. Um, uh, okay. Uh, anything else you want to add to the Han Solo project? Who, who would you like to see make uh, finish that up or try and fix it? Or uh, Aside from J.J. Um, Abrams. That's my only thing. Because, you know, J.J. comes in and reboots and repairs everything. Yeah. No, I actually wouldn't have thought of him. Um Man, I, I let me give that just a tiny little bit of thought. I I am actually perfectly okay with with Ron Howard. I do think he's a good director. He he's not a perfect director, but he's good. I think it would have been awesome if they would have got someone like Steven Spielberg to really come in and like, okay, yeah, but someone like him isn't going to do that. I mean, least of all, no, even I know. getting to him to do a a Star Wars movie would be incredible, but I don't think he would do that. He's going to do his own thing. Getting him to come in and fix somebody else's mess. I mean, he's Spielberg. I'm, whoa, whoa. I know. But I know. I, I will say this. I'm not a huge Ron Howard fan. I've often maintained that every other movie from him is awesome and every other movie from him is shit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he at least can make a competent film. So if anybody yeah, could can. finish out the project and it comes out being like, okay, I think he can do that, probably. Yeah. Has he done any insanely effects-driven stuff? I mean, Apollo 13, but that was a lot of... Apollo 13 um, and the uh, the Grinch movie, I which yeah. I'm one of the few that, that thinks that's a good movie. I like that. I watch it every year. Uh, but uh, did he do, he did Backdraft, um, which was... You know, Again, effects, a lot of practical but, effects. This is I know. a lot more green-screeny stuff. Yeah. Uh, Castaway, which is another... Not... Yeah, that's... No, that's Zemeckis. Oh, you're right. Which, speaking of which, that would have been another good one. Yeah, but I'm 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 hoping that the Flash crew is is taunting him over to do the Flash. That that would be the perfect project for a comic book movie for Zemeckis to make because it's a mix of comedy and action. It, he is the perfect pick for that movie, in yeah. my opinion. James Wan would be another one that uh, he is. I really like James Wan. I'm I, I'm not sure how he he's, would fit in with. He's in principal photography on. Uh, Aquaman right now. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so. boy. Who else? Who is established that could take over that project? You know what? I would like them to do something really fucked up. I think it would be awesome if they got Sylvester Stallone to come in and finish the movie. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Why not? He's directed movies like this before, and uh, oh, here you got a, a swarthy smuggler uh, project. Uh, that would be totally interesting to me. Can you just imagine, like at the very end, dun, 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 directed by Steve, by uh, Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone? That would rule. Mm. 
Yeah. Love or it. Robert Rodriguez. I could see that maybe. Yeah, that would be great too, but he's doing something else right now. What is he doing? Uh, and he's kind of been in movie jail for a long time. I know. But with his fight with the DGA and... Yeah. Well, which look, now everybody gets to be co-directors. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lord and Miller, you know, st- say thank you. They get co-booking on half-fucking up a Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's Star Wars is such a huge brand. I think it's going to be okay. Uh, especially, again, with Ron Howard, it's going to be fine, but... That's not confirmed, by the way. That's just a rumor that he's yeah. supposedly leading the pack. Oh, okay, let me shift this conversation another way. Uh, the new Transformers movie is coming out soon, and the, the reviews are, and I know that Transformers is in that little box of shit I don't talk about and tossed in the bottom of the ocean, but um, I, it did spark a little bit of an interesting conversation today online, because once again, hold on, ah, Canada House. Once again, Michael Bay says he's done with Transformers. He's going to move on. But uh, he's said that for the last, what, three films? At least. Uh-huh. Yep. And he's back. Did he, well, did he say he's going to do... They keep making a billion dollars. Anytime they make a billion dollars, then the studio goes, here's your blank check. How much money do you want for directing? And he goes, oh, well, shit. I guess I am suddenly reinvigorated in my Transformers love. <laughs> yes. And I don't blame him. Go for it. You're making extremely shitty movies that are making billions of dollars. Why would you ever stop? Because nobody can have enough money. That's the answer, Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate because I do like Michael Bay, and he's made some really good movies. He has. I I wish he would move on and do something. He has done different stuff. Uh, but, man, I would love to see someone else take on the Transformers series. And uh, that's my question. Where should they go with the next one? Now, now, regardless of plot and whatever is happening in the current movie, I'm not talking about, like, we need to do a full system reboot or, you know, just what would be an interesting way to take the next picture? I would like to just... These five movies exist. Let's move on and make some more Transformers movies. They could be set at any time. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think hire David Toey... And oh, good fucking pull. Have it stripped down a little bit more and a little bit more lean and mean and his style. I've There's not one movie save for A Perfect Getaway that I didn't think was a really, really good movie. A Perfect Getaway, meh. All of his other movies are good to great. And he's he does science fiction good. Well, uh, uh, I'm stunned right now. That is a fantastic pull. David oh, Twoey, really? oh. man, that's perfect. <laughs> oh no, that's really good. Uh, what I can't, what I thought was, um, I would like to see a. Well, first of all, I'd like to see a coherent film at about two hours. That, that would be yes. a good start. Yes. And I'm. Hey, Michael Bay. I know you're listening to this show. Uh, I'm your sole defender on Transformers. I love all of them. They're fantastic <laughs> pieces of shit. But I still own every one of them on Blu-ray, and I love me too. Them. I, I own every one. <laughs> Eat them up like crazy, even though, uh, but I admit that they got a lot of issues. Anyway, uh, I would like to see a, a stripped down version, like you said, a stripped down one. I would like to see one set in the seventies and I, mm. I would like it to be a contained story. You can have a lot of badass car chases and shit 
that doesn't it doesn't have to be a world ending event. Make it something that could be very important, but it could be like some spy shit, you know, where we figured it out and no, oh, there was a couple of wrecks in this car chase in Austria or something. It doesn't have to be all world encompassing. And mm. then I was like, who can direct this? And the only name I came, <laughs> well, one of the first names that I popped up with, it's way too big, will never happen. But uh, could you imagine a George Miller Transformers movie? Oh, man, that would be great. Mind melting. Just. Yes. Trickle out your ears with the amazing... Just mass vehicular carnage on long stretches of highway. Yeah. Maybe it could be a set on <laughs> set in Australia as well. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea of a self-contained thing where it's like it's basically the daredevil of the Marvel Universe. Where there's some serious stuff happening, but it's a little tiny piece of a larger thing. Yeah, it could follow Bumblebee. And I don't... He would be a 70s... It would all be 70s cars then at that point. Ooh, nice. So you got some old school muscle cars. Yeah, it'd be 70s... Well, obviously 60s, whatever, older cars in that area. Yeah. That would be... That would be so cool, man. Uh, and that's really what they should be doing with the Transformers franchise moving forward, in my opinion. Make these little sides... Uh, well, and they've already talked about that they're going to be making a Bumblebee movie or something. Make it set in the 70s. Make them start out as the stupid VW bug. You know, d- Really strip it down yeah. and go and go that direction. Man, that would be great. And then I literally go from, like, then do one with the 80s. And even getting, I think that would be awesome. The way you, the way they're doing the X-Men movies. They're doing one every decade. You could totally do that. They yeah. could all be just, like, subsequent little side yeah. stories. And if they're not world-ending event-type movies, it's, I don't know why. It just feels like the stakes are higher when it's not, like, every movie is a world-ending event thing. I wonder how this is going to end. What's going to end with the good guys winning? Do something to where the, you know, the good guys barely win. Or in this one, they, they actually don't. It's kind of an Empire Strikes Back thing. The good guys, the Autobots don't win on yeah. this one. And I'm trying to think. There was a movie that came out, not I think it was last year, and I cannot remember what it was. I'd have to look at my notes. But I mentioned that very specifically, that it was interesting how they went off the path, and it was a small contained story that you can believe that uh, mass media didn't grab a hold of it. Whereas with all of the Transformers movies, it's like, there's a giant fucking robot. And everybody has pictures of it, and it's across the globe. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, but side story with Michael Bay. I mean, he he did... I'm not sure if he executive produced or wrote or whatever, but there is a Bad Boys 3 on the way, and I think Joe Carnahan's directing it. And I am all for it. I love the first two. I'm bring it on. Me too. Especially recently rewatching uh, Bad Boys 2 within the last year on Blu-ray. Man, that movie is so great. Like, that is like Michael Bay excess to perfection. Where mm-hmm. it is like literally two hours and th- some odd minutes of nothing but movie cocaine. <laughs> and that's what Michael Bay is. He yeah. is cinema cocaine. Yes. And that's what I want. I want to... As much as I enjoy these stupid-ass Transformers movies, I do want him to go do something else because I enjoy his action films like uh, The Rock. I want to yes. see stuff like that and The Rock and Bad Boys. I, I want to see more variety from him. I do, too. I do, too. And I want to see, so, see what somebody else's Transformers movie looks like. No no offense. I just yeah. spread yeah. the love a little around. But yeah. as long as they keep making a billion and a half dollars each entry despite critic reviews it ain't gonna change and michael bay can say he's going away but he's said it at least three or four times before 
We'll I know. See. I know. And, okay. and if you do get a different director, completely change it up. Completely change the style. Don't even make it look like it's... Uh, it's it's uh, I can still tell it's this this is a spinoff of a Michael Bay. Make it completely original. Yeah, and don't explain why. Just do it, and it's all yeah. set in the same world. Just go. It, nobody gives a shit about these movies yeah. and the continuity. Yeah, clearly, just yeah. And of course, me, I I right away think of oh seventies. Why don't you make it kind of like Death Proof, to where it's like all scratchy and grainy and. Beat to hell film. No, that's Again, of course it, me. Well, it's, trans- it's Transformers. We're I not know, getting but... R-rated with this shit. Yeah, Stuntman Mike. Uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, recently watched. Excuse me. Let's move on. Okay. <sighs> oh, sorry, I forgot I was up first. Uh, first up for me is... An anime movie that just hit Netflix called Blame! Exclamation mark. Why it's called Blame! Exclamation mark? I don't know. In the distant technological future, civilization... Civil... Civilization... Oh, here we go! Here we go! Welcome to the third act. Civilization has reached its ultimate net-based form. What? An infection in the past caused the automated systems to spiral out of order resulting in a multi-level city destruction. This is way too long, and that's not the synopsis I would have used. Except I did. Um, basically, you're in a post-apocalyptic, super matrixy type world, where except there's no matrix. You're just in the, the real world of the matrix, where the, you can run around a city, but you got to watch out for all of these robots that are trying to kill you all of the time. And it, basically, people live like cavemen, but in this giant mega city. And uh, these automated systems that were put into place uh, many years ago are, you know, as usual, the AI determines that humanity is an issue and we need to wipe them out to save robots or something. This thing is beautifully animated. I would guess it's a mix of CGI and hand-drawn. It's gorgeous to look at. Even though with all of its muted colors, it's very kind of pale whites, grays, blacks. Uh, it's supposed to be stark and that post-apocalyptic kind of um, color palette, if you know what I mean. Yep. But the action was awesome. The story was fascinating. I have to... I should probably look up and see if it was connected to something else, either a manga or a another anime series or something like that, because it, feel, it felt, kind of felt like there was a whole base story that I was supposed to know that I kind of didn't. You're just going to get thrown right into the blender. But you know me, I appreciate that. I I can just roll with it. Whatever. The, these people live in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and oh, we gotta go hunt for food, and then these crazy, insane uh, Terminator robots come out and try and kill your ass, and you gotta blow them away and fight your way back to camp, and uh, you know a stranger rolls into town. In a way, it could be like a remake of uh, one of those Clint Eastwood westerns where the, the stranger with no name rolls into town and he's a total badass and helps the town get out of whatever peril that they're in. Okay. So it was good. Oh, definite thumbs up. Totally worked for me. You would enjoy this movie. It's sci-fi goodness. Dumbass title. I don't know what blame exclamation mark has to do with anything. What was it? But, uh, did it seem like even for an animated movie, did it seem like it had a pretty nice size budget, like good animation and Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Totally great. Definitely add this to your queue. At mm. some point or another, you should, when you get a little bit of that sci-fi itch and you're looking for something, you could do far worse than this movie. Okay. 
Over to you. Okay, because there are so few great new sci-fi things. It's hard, that... too, to find an anime that's a uh, movie. It's always a series. It's always yeah. a season or two or whatever. Here's a movie. Works great. Check it out. Okay. Will do. So, I uh, watched on your request because of the roulette. I watched Detour from director Christopher Smith. And um, you remember this one? Correct? Yeah, did we we didn't talk about this on the show. We were texting. No. So, no, okay. We, we, yeah, so so uh thumbs up, of course. This guy the director uh has yet to make a not good movie. I've liked everything he's done, and this is no exception. I will say that the lead in the movie, uh Ty Sheridan is a bit uh I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the way he looks, but he just kind of rubs me the wrong way. He should. I, yeah. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on this this movie because he should. Because of the ending? Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Well, we, well movie, I, we, I guess we should go. We said we were going to go spoiler. Yeah, we were going to go want, full spoiler. Yep. Yeah. Full spoiler. His character is an asshole. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, he is. And uh, I'm not going to go through the whole synopsis because you already did that, but... The the split screen stuff I really really dug and I I liked uh, I actually rewatched the end of this movie just to catch all the little things once they get to the casino uh, afterwards I'm like oh I get it okay was this after so, we texted yes it was oh okay yes yep but uh, yeah that's a that's a good movie really good movie and that Mustang man that car was badass uh, and I actually wondered watching that movie when the the villainous type guy shows up and they hop in that car I'm like wow that's a pretty nice nice muscle car for kind of a scumbag yeah uh, but and then, like, then oh. when the other split screen happened and he was stuffing dad in the trunk I was like yeah. wait 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 a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait okay Okay, I think I see what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, like I said in my original review, when two screen storylines coalesce, that's when I gave the movie a thumbs up automatically. Like, yeah. Anyway. That was good. That oh, that was a good movie. I will probably be watching that one again sometime in the future. It's It's not like the greatest thing I've ever seen, but that one there is a definite gem on Netflix. A gem so. for the roulette, I would say. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, that would definitely, like, for, I'm not, this was on your roulette, but I would say that if I were you, I would probably be putting that in the top ten, somewhere in there. Mm. Well, yeah. we'll have to see how roulette goes for the next uh, six months or so. <laughs> yeah. But I would definitely, uh, yeah, it was a thumbs up. Again, going back to my review, I was trying to explain it to you without spoiling it. So I was trying to say, you just, you gotta pay attention and you can't turn it off before you get to that third act. Because once the lines come together, that's where it turned into a run, Lola, run, thumbs up for me. And it's so hard to try and explain either of those movies to someone who hasn't seen it. It's much easier to just say, watch it and we'll talk about it later. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to do another review and then my next round, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to knock off the three full moon blu-rays that we have been hinting at stay tuned dear listener that's dear listeners that's coming soon um but before that 
let's talk real briefly about Species Part 2. Yes, I love this. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Scream Factory. Uh, no, they're not as good as Vinegar Syndrome, folks, but Scream Factory still kicks ass. Uh, they, are running a, they ran a huge sale on their website. And so, of course, me, buy, 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 buy. Oh, $70 for a whole bunch of Blu-rays of movies I would probably never buy. But they're on sale and they're, they're Scream Factory. I have to own them. It's like uh, when my wife goes to Kohl's. You're like, you don't understand. It's on a discount. Yes. And I saved all this money. And it's like, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't well-priced to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, of all of the movies that I got from Scream Factory, that, that I will say were very well-priced for these types of studios. You know, they, they are these, these distribution companies, they, they, these movies are more expensive. Species 2 was one that I literally have not seen since the theater back in 1998 and hated it. But I'm like... I shame you. I, I Yeah, well, I'm like, you know what? $13 or whatever it was for the Blu-ray. I'm like, okay, now I'm in. Let's check this thing out. This movie kicks ass. It's, yes! It is extra... For 1998. It is basically, if you like yes. Extro, why wouldn't you like this? Because it is, it has the exploding person thing out of a woman's uh, belly, just like in Extro. It's sleazy and trashy. And uh, I, I, honestly, I have a feeling that if I would go back and rewatch the first species, I would like Species 2 better. Oh, I, ladies and gentlemen, what you're hearing right now is Eric Marner's review of Species when he bought a four-pack of them on DVD and was trying to explain to Eugene what? What do you mean you don't like this? I don't understand because it's it's the first one just times yes. two. Yes, it's it's insane. <laughs> it is insane. Like the whole way through, it's like, oh, so we're okay. We're done with that with that gore scene. Well, we can't slow down. Let's just throw in a gratuitous nudity scene. Okay, oh, that's yeah. done now? Ooh, we should probably have someone's head lopped off and and all sorts of gory gross shit spill out of their out of their guts and And then and then oh oh your semen was not compatible? Yes. More semen. So where can I find some more semen? And perky nipples oh it's oh my goodness. <laughs> it's it's like ninety minutes of just insane sci fi Eugene. <laughs> I loved it. it. I know. Now you know why I was so baffled that you didn't like this movie, Owen. especially knowing that you like the first. Like, if you had hated the first, I would understand why you wouldn't like the second. But liking the first and hating the second, I was like, what is and, happening? And Michael Madsen's in it. And, and, like, at this point in his career, it's like he's kind of looks a little embarrassed. But at, at this point, he should probably be thankful for Species 2. But he's just, just – it's almost like he's like – He's hanging out on that precipice of, am I still going to be an actor, or am I going to fall into square, direct-to-video, B-movie and garbage? know where that went. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Terry, he did get a revival with uh, Kill Bill. Yeah, bit, that's but. true. But, uh, <laughs> oh, this was this one here is going to be on the rewatch stack, probably like uh, AVP Requiem. I would, it's right there. <laughs> Trashy, drunky, uh, <laughs> ninety minutes of 
just stuff that I like. Back to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to do two Legend movies right now. This round, first up, Legend of the Devil. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I got, I got your attention. Are you yes. interested? Yes, I am. Would you like to know more? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this was a Kung Fu movie that I picked up uh, for a buck on DVD uh, from an exchange store. And with, you know, it's a buck. It's a Kung Fu movie. It's Legend of the Devil. It's uh, early 90s. And I may be too long in this analysis, but it's mine. And so I'm going to I'm going to spit it out there. But um, there are certain area eras of great kung fu movies obviously the 70s into the early 80s was a big renaissance because there 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 were great kung fu movies in the 60s 50s etc going back but but that 70s early 80s era was the cheese factory and it was it produced some of the best movies of that genre ever then there was a little bit of a breather in the late 80s where it's like, yeah, we don't know quite what we're doing. And there was another renaissance for me, my way my mind works, in the kind of 89 to 95 range, somewhere in that ballpark, where once again, Hollywood got really R-rated and really violent and gory and... uh just very R-rated. And, and it seems like Kung Fu did the same thing with like... Ricky O, you know, shit like that. Oh, yes, yes. So, so I see Legend of the Devil and I read the synopsis on the back. That's, uh, oh, that era of 90s? I will give you a dollar. Let me check this thing. A supernatural? You're doing magic-y shit? And, oh, this is unrated, not rated, whatever? Yeah, all right. I'm 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 willing to give this one a spin. Uh, unfortunately, while they dabbled a few times in a couple of magic-y things and a little bit of bloody things... It was overall a disappointment. Sorry it uh, gets you all amped up with the Legend of the Devil title, but it was just sort of, meh. Uh. It was unfortunate. It was not a great one. It was not what I was hoping for. I was hoping for one of those kung fu movies like Rikio that's ultra gory, ultra, you know, just crazy insanity, people turning into mutants for no apparent reason and attacking each other. You know what I'm talking about. What was the one that we watched or that you got me to watch? It's insane. Um, there's like ninja trees or like guys dressed up as trees or something. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I, I, sad to say, but you're going to need to narrow it down from ninja tree <laughs> because I know multiple. Um, oh man. You were like, dude, you have got to see this. And I did. And it was great. Um, they're on a mission. You see, um, <laughs> a mission of vengeance to avenge my yes, second a, cousin from Avengers. The, yeah. oh, the ninja ninjas shit. that took him out. Fantastic Avengers or crippled. I don't. Uh, man. <laughs> I still need to get you crippled. I just remember there was like these guys like in tree trunks. Uh, oh, 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 that was not long ago. On the that that wasn't too long ago. It, that was a was that a roulette? I think that you watched it and you were like, dude, you have got to watch that, and I did, and it was crazy. But they were on a yeah, mission. Yeah. <laughs> Well, of course they're on a mission. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're on a mission. There's our <laughs> title for the week. I love the yes, the tree trunk ninjas. Yes, that was only a few months ago. And they had the ninjas coming up from under the ground. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look was, up what the title was, but I haven't written. Was, thank God I write down all the reviews that I make. <laughs> and that was a Shaw Brothers movie, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, but it that was in the era of that the the late seventies, early eighties yeah. that I was talking about, where the Cheese Factory. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about though with the nineties stuff. Oh yes. How even like in in America with like Cliffhanger and Die Hard. There was that second kind of area where shit got really R-rated again. And it was every gunshot, every, you know what I'm saying when I say a McTiernan gunshot. It's oh, an explosion very much so, yes. of blood. And that, that was something about the 90s. And that it somehow got reeled back in because everybody wanted to be realistic and shit. And, ah, whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, my second legend movie. So, as you know, from time to time, I am one to go out and swing clubs and hit those tiny little white balls. And no, I'm not talking about anything else but golf. And while I was waiting for the U.S. Open to come on the Golf Channel, the coverage for the U.S. Open, I got roped into watching the legend of Bagger Bagger Vance. Vance? Oh, dear (laughs) lord. Was that good? Was that... And actually, you know, for a golf fan... It actually was fairly entertaining. Now, now, I did miss about the first 15 or 20 minutes, but I got the gist. I got it. It, it. If you've ever watched a sports movie that's not a comedy, then, yeah, inspiration and doing things and uh, golf and just the spirit of the game and I, you got to find your way through and overcome. And I still kind of dug it. Little old Matty Damon and... Will Smith and he's pretty racist and uh, yeah yeah but I still kind of enjoyed the movie I watched it all the way through I was mildly disappointed when it was over that there was no U.S. Open coverage on the Golf Channel that day I thought that's what I was waiting for but uh, at any rate I watched the Le- Legend of Beggar Vance was so it like fact, three hours two, long or less no two hours with the no I. I don't know. I watched it for like an hour and a half, but I was entertained. It was interesting. They definitely nailed a lot of the points. Of, this is going to be boring as shit for anybody that cares about movies. It's just they nailed a lot of the points that are very important to being good at golf. And I'm not trying to get into sports with you. I'm just it's a, a very singular sport. That's why I enjoy it. It's not a team sport. Yeah, I Nobody's relying on me, and I'm, I'm. You're all by yourself out there. The only opponent that you have is yeah. you. That's why I like golf. You and the flask that you're carrying. <laughs> Just because all the sports I like to play <laughs> involve drinking does not have anything to do with golf. Anything. Is a great <laughs> drinking sport. Yep. I am also an avid bowler. Not really. Okay. <laughs> you can have beer while yeah, you. That's do right. That. Or a nice glass of wine? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's classy. Yes. It's a classy, classy. old 1942 to go with this <laughs> 710 split. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, and on, on that uh, note, no, let's, but... get, let's talk full moon for a very, very uh, short time span here because... I want you to fit in your other alien movie that you watched this week. Though. Okay. I want to talk about that again. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, but go go for it. Full. I, I got one more round. I'm done. Okay. Um, oh, Fuck. Uh, okay, so here's my wastes of money. Now let's get these done. <laughs> Speed round! <laughs> Here we go. Hideous from 1997. Hideous with an exclamation uh, mark. 
directed by Charles Band, a group of doesn't matter uh, mutant little uh, puppet master type creature doll things in a cheap set and a little bit of nudity hour and 20 minutes sucked moving on um critters that sounds like critters oh, or no, no critters what was the one that mystery science theater did it um hobgoblins yeah hobgoblins okay that sounds like hobgoblins yeah so hideous was uh something uh next <laughs> up is uh head of the family um i spent money on these by the way on blu-ray Head of the Family. Let me. Uh, there it is. Nineteen ninety six. This is about a big head thing in a wheelchair uh, that uh, gets bad actors into his house and makes them recite poetry. And uh, fuck my life. Next up is what's um, the Creeps, and this is crap like the first two, but it's PG thirteen. So, there you go. Wait, 30, $35 later. Did you say th- this was the... Who who put this out? Full Moon. Full Moon Entertainment from the 80s and 90s. And How are you buying uh, the, the, the niche title stuff that's PG-13? How did that happen? Well, because it's Full Moon. And I'm like, ooh, it's, it's, uh, it's their halfway to Black Friday sale, which a lot of these companies do, like, halfway to Black Friday. It's, we're, here's our... Black Friday sale that's in the middle of summer, and hey, our $20 titles are now 10 and I was drunk at midnight, so why not buy Head of the Family, Hideous, and The Creeps? What is that? That's like pre-Christmas in June? Or it's supposed to be yes. Christmas in July, but it's yeah, pre-Christmas in yeah. Thanksgiving in June. These were awful. Are you um, going to sell them or keep them? Or Oh, I'm going to keep them. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I will say that... Uh, Head of the Family was just chock full of nudity. Like, the lead actress in the movie, like, you could tell, it almost seemed like the director, which was Charles Band, like, uh, he he didn't want that much nudity, but it seemed like she was constantly like, how do I take my clothes off in this movie? Like, she was constantly in a state of undress. And, okay. <laughs> and you're squarely blaming the actress for that. That was not yes. on the director. No, that was fully on her. Uh, <laughs> Oh my um, lord! But uh, the the creeps was uh, was a uh, little people vampire dra- uh, Dracula mummy werewolf whatever like there was a book that someone stole from a library and halfway through incantations it gets stopped and they wait 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 so every supernatural creature ever and the book of the dead kind of yeah it's some book oh no it was uh, it was the there the actual manuscripts for the novels, like the Dracula novel. This sounds awesome. Oh dear lord! Oh, you can borrow it. You can you can borrow it if you want. But they go through this blah 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 blah. That blah. sounded like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the whole the 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 incantation doesn't quite go through it it's interrupted and so they're all short you see because it didn't go through so they couldn't be full grown so they're 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 tiny now you see and it's funny that way <laughs> and uh i will say this for full moon it's pg-13 but they they still somehow sneak in some nudity they love their nudity but dear <laughs> lord like i like trauma movies better than this 
And having said that, I'm like, what's the next batch of stuff you're going to release on Blu-ray? I'm interested, folks. Pre, pre-order. Yeah, pre-order. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get on to right. better things. Uh, okay. This one won't take long. I'll be quick. Uh, Aladdin. Walt Disney's Aladdin. I wanted to take a little step back onto that because of our, well, whenever we did Disney shit. But, uh, my boys have been getting into watching it on Voodoo. I have the digital copy. And, therefore, that means I'm going to be watching it 57 times in a row. Mm-hmm. Because they actually like it. And, you know what? This movie completely holds up. I've probably watched it, or, well, most of the bits of it, uh, so many times I can't even count in the last month, but I love this movie. And once again, it goes back to something that we talked about during that segment, Uh, the darkness. This is a damn dark movie. Mm -hmm. The stuff with Jafar and casting spells on people and... Man, it's just, oh, at, at, in certain segments, it's just like oppressively like shrouded and evil, just pure evil. And that's why people like you and me like this movie, but the songs are unbelievably catchy. It just completely holds up on every level. It might have even moved up of my, I'd have to go back and look at what my actual list was, but probably moved up my list. This movie is so damn good. I, I'm not tired of rewatching it. I'll just plop down with the boys and watch it. And then I, the only thing that frustrates me is I know all the songs, but I know all the wrong words. I, I don't know any of the right words. And then I'm just making up shit because I don't, they're so crammed full of wordy lyrics. Like it's very wordy. Yeah. Uh, and, so I I don't know what they are, but I know the tune, and I stuck in my head. So now I just make shit up along the way. <laughs> oh, the Renaissance period of Disney—that's one of the best. I still prefer Beauty and the Beast, but uh, Aladdin is fantastic. I haven't watched Beauty and the Beast in forever, so I'm not I, I'm not making any comment on that. I'm just this Aladdin is so damn good. It's so freaking good, man. Oh, I love it. It's fantastic. Especially, you know, you got um, Robin in there doing his thing, and he's just cut loose. That is the best personification of his soul is is in the genie. It's really there. It's almost like (laughs) there was the real guy inside the person. Yeah. And that truly did feel like Robin Williams was... He was made to play the genie in that movie. No. So, yeah. Anyway. It's a brilliant film. I I can't... I sometimes I'm watching it, you know, over and over and over and over, as the boys tend to do. And I'm just like, how did they come up with all of the lyrics for this song? The genie song where he gets let out. Can your friends do this? Can your friends do that? You know. Oh, so good. So good. They had to include him on that, right? Just cut him loose and let him help create because his intellect is so scattered and genius at the same time that he had to come up with all that stuff or at least a portion of it. I don't know who wrote those songs or who is credited for doing it. Yeah. You know, are they doing a live action uh, Aladdin? Is Disney going to do one of those or have you heard? Yeah. They're doing a live action, everything. Okay. Because 
The Rock, I think, I'm not, I don't know why I, maybe it was just chat boards or whatever, but I thought that I heard that either he was in talks or he would make a great genie. And I would agree. I think that The Rock would make a great genie. Really? That's. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Hmm. Eh. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, anyway. I'll, I'll watch it. I, I want to see somebody on a flying carpet. That's pretty sweet. And it, <laughs> at any Jafar, rate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Back to you. I, I love the movie. I seriously love that movie. It, it, I was just so happy that it holds up as well as my memory served. Excellent. Okay. Last okay, round. So, Let's wrap this um, up. Okay. So I want to talk about uh, a movie here that I heard was getting a Blu-ray release from Scorpion. Uh, and for some reason, I had never heard of this movie. And it's like, oh, a new announcement from Scorpion. We are releasing Rituals from 1977. I'm like, okay. Why haven't I not heard of that? I always, I, I follow these labels and I had never heard of that movie. So I went to IMDb read the synopsis, and then immediately went over to YouTube because a lot of these old movies are on YouTube. And I found out that, yes, it is on YouTube. And I watched it. And I am happy to say that this is a little minor gem here. Uh, from 1977, Hal Holbrook is in this. Oh, nice. I like Hal Hol- Yes, yeah. So there's immediately a level of star power in this movie. This is basically... Deliverance, uh, but I hate to say less Hollywood because Deliverance wasn't that Hollywood in and of itself, but this is even less so. This is very much survival horror, but a bit more grim, I think, than not as action-packed as uh, Deliverance. But this is your backwoods, the backwoods survival horror, where there is there is a killer in the sticks that is killing off a group of wealthy doctors that are out of their element. And uh, I will say, if you are interested in the movie, it is uncut. Or or actually, I should say, make sure that you watch the uncut version. There's two versions on YouTube that I saw. One was an hour and a half, and the other one is an hour and 40 minutes. I watched the hour and 40 minutes. And while it's not that terribly gory to begin with, there are scenes that I would imagine would have been cut out of the other version. Right. Needless, needless to say, this is an easy purchase for me on Blu-ray because the version that I watched was quite scratchy, grainy, and of low quality. But I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I can't wait to watch it again, cleaned up. Uh, and it's one that I, I wonder where you would fall on that. I'm not sure. What, what do you think of that type of movie? The old, the backwoods slasher or the backwoods survival horror type thing? Well, I'm definitely more forgiving of that, of being the backwoods slasher thing, but if it's uh, more so than I am of the just straight up black glove clicker in a city and uh, you know. Oh yeah, that's not this. Well, then I will add it to the queue. Yeah. You should check it out. Uh, It was good. It was man, there was a couple scenes in that movie where I'm like, oh man, like this is just dirty. It feels kind of like Deliverance. It just, you're like, I feel like all of the actors in this movie were probably 
miserable making this movie. It just, it looked, you know what I mean? That's fine, because most of the best movies, actors are miserable, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, Um, I like that. What role did Halbrook play in it? What was the... What year is this? Was was he the? This is nineteen seventy, uh, nineteen seventy seven, and he was the hero. So of he's the, movie. the main character. Wow, he is the main character. So he yeah. was only about forty seven then. Yeah, and he, I mean, I, and he was, yeah, exactly. He, he's like, it's funny, like for some reason, Hal Holbrook just does not age. Every movie he's in, or every movie I've seen him in, I'm like, oh, he looks the same. Like that's that's him. There he, he is. is. He definitely is immortal. Yeah, but he was great in this. He, very well cast as that reluctant hero doctor type. And, oh man, it was a good movie. Good cool. movie. And let's talk about Virus from 1999. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis and William Baldwin, Donald Sutherland, and a host of icky-looking, cool, kick-ass robot hybrid human thingies on a boat on a on a ship <laughs> lots of metal parts covered in kind of oatmeal things oh yeah gory prosthetic effects that work quite well uh, yeah. this movie here uh this movie here actually holds a special place in my heart because this is way back in the day where i was uh, still working for my father and i was on a uh, business trip and the guy that I was, we were setting up stores with product and, uh, on one particular night, he got the flu, which I was going to get later that night, but I didn't know it yet. So I was like, he was in the hotel room puking his brains out. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to get a taxi and go to the nearest theater and watch this cool sounding movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. So off I go and halfway through the movie, I get sick. Uh, like, I'm like, keep it together, Eugene, because I have to get a taxi. And this is back in 1999, so there's no cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, like, literally, yeah. I had to go get a payphone. No Uber. Yeah. No, no texting. Yeah. And uh, it was a miserable experience. And so my experience with virus is I was getting sick as shit. And I had to deal with getting taxis and whatever. And I hated the movie. And I didn't watch it until not that long ago where you let me borrow the DVD. And I'm not sure if we've talked about it on the show or not, but I watched the DVD and I'm like, okay, that's not as bad as I remember because I remember strongly disliking it because I got sick. This Uh, is the episode of me turning you around on shit. I love it. This is fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and on on the DVD rewatch, I'm like, that wasn't too bad. Well... Scream Factory comes through once again with their huge sale. And I'm I've... surprised that Scream Factory touched this one. But then again, this would fall into that 90s era that yeah. I'm talking about where they got real fucking gory for a minute. And this was real fucking gory, like Species yeah. 2, which is a Scream Factory release. So Virus is it earns its R rating in spades. Wow, this thing just it just I feel like this should have came with like Smell-O-Vision because it just feels like <laughs> There's not just the robot <laughs> things, but, like, the body parts. Like the, the whole movie is just chock full of, like, stinks. You're so right. There's just lots of grinding of flesh and yes. metal. And it's... Where you're just like, yes. ew, 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 ew. Like, it's like going to the dentist on the worst day ever. On the, <laughs> yeah, and, the, and that day lasts for a long time on a big, 
deserted ship and yeah. with with stinky corpses that are turning into robots. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, this movie gets a lot of like I've read a lot of reviews on this movie and people seem to hate this movie, but it's it's it follows the formula of so many other movies where it's a group of people stranded or trapped in an enclosed environment with a deadly alien slash whatever it is. And this is an alien slash because it's yeah. an alien from the beginning. So it's an alien robot thingy. And if you think that sounds good, you're going to probably like the movie. I I think it's kicks it's ass. It's one of those like Rocketeer. I need to go back and see what was released a month beforehand, this month, and the month after. Because it feels to me like this thing must have got buried by something else. There was some other, um, like, it came out the same year as Scream or something, and it was just immediately dismissed. That's the only excuse that I can come up for with all of the hate. In yeah. The, the end, the end, huge creature robot thing is awesome. And we see it, like... It's not like we see fleeting glimpses of these things. By the midway to end of the movie, it's just nonstop barrage of robot alien carcasses killing off the cast. I yeah, you, it, it's it, somewhere between the Terminator and the Animatrix Renaissance Part One, whatever, where where the robots started making robots. It's like. We have to stop this now, and we can't stop it, and they're getting more flesh, and they're still coming towards us. It just gives you that yeah. claustrophobic sense of being attacked by ants. I just can't stop this. There's too many. There's too many of them. Yeah, and while I don't quite like this as much as Deep Rising or some of those other ones, this is still... Oh, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I do, I do like that the Blu-ray... Uh, even above the DVD, you can see this movie is shrouded in darkness. There's a lot of metal and machinery in dimly lit corridors, and the Blu-ray really, really helps you see what's going on. So this was a this was a good purchase. I'm glad I own it. I'm looking forward to watching this again and again. I know that Jamie Lee Curtis herself hates the movie. I don't. I, I'm. I don't know why. It's it's totally. Fun, gory horror sci-fi from the nineties. I agree. I don't. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, I I need to go look at that release time and see what came out before and right around it and right after it. Maybe if it was uh, again buried mills. Okay. Now, have you have you seen a movie called uh, Screamers with Ed Harris? Um, no, I think Screamers uh, was Peter Weller. Oh, Robo, Robocop. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, I believe I might have in the VHS days, but that's one that I remember the trailer for, and I remember, like, sand flying as these things are under the sand. That's and, the one. That is the one. But I don't know if I remember it from actually seeing the movie or if I just remember it from the trailer. Okay. Because I don't know why... I, I haven't seen Screamers since the VHS days, but I kind of... I don't know why I associate virus with screamers in that it's it feels like it's i don't know maybe it's because robots going crazy on people was that was that the premise of screamers okay it very well could be we'll see it was one that i always wanted to watch though and maybe one that i actually did watch and then was so forgettable i forgot and and, you know six months later i'm like i'd still like to watch that movie forgetting that i did (laughs) yeah yeah i haven't seen it since God knows when, but uh, it now and because of virus, I'm like, huh? 
Screamers. Maybe me. Okay. <laughs> well, does a, does a search for import Blu-ray. Yeah, from Germany. Here comes Screamers. From Germany. Here we go. $40. <laughs> Worth it. So and I no think one that ever. one has as many sequels as Puppet Master. <laughs> Ooh. I, I think it had three or four. I'm just kidding. I, I know Puppet Master had about 15, but I think it did have like three or four. Like, uh, no, what was the other one? The Scanners? I think it had as many as Scanners. <laughs> yeah, which Scanners, I have the first three on Blu-ray. And you love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they haven't really Scanner Cop 1 and 2 yet. Well, let's just wait with bated breath. Uh, coming yeah. soon. Let's get on to that. Uh, coming okay. soon for me... Uh, fan four stick. I might want to have to pull. Might, <laughs> I might have to pull that one off the shelf. Finally, give that one a reevaluation. Um, I'm watching. I just started Marvel's Agents of Shield season four. Just hit Netflix, and it starts off with Ghost Rider, the new Ghost Rider, like Ooh, flaming nice. skull head Ghost Rider. I'm into it. It's awesome. Uh, I know I tease that I'm I'm watching all these Marvel shows and or DC shows, and I am, but I kind of had to pause for a bit because episode seven of The Flash this season is a crossover event with Arrow, so I had to catch up on Arrow. Did that. I'm all caught up, waiting on the daughter to get caught up so that we can watch the crossover event together. But oh, nice. I am still full force watching movies too. I'm just on an absolute tear of watching movies. It's been great. Good. Um, I have an idea of what I'm going to write for my Thursday review, but we'll just have to wait and see, because I'm not entirely sure of which film I want to pick. But stay tuned. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod, and you can get our written reviews, everybody. Okay, over to you. Coming soon. Okay. Speaking of which, I'm going to be going through the Hammer Dracula series on our written reviews. I did Horror of Dracula, and uh, I plan to go through every single Dracula movie, so stay tuned. I'm going to probably sprinkle some other reviews in there just to break it up a bit, but uh, those shall be coming soon. Um, as far as coming soon, there's three that I know for a fact. And um, first up is from Massacre Video, and that is the uh, gentleman that uh, was on that, uh, the VHS documentary. that Adjust your tracking? Yes. So, his company released a 1980s slasher movie called Hackle Lantern. (laughs) It's one of, it's, it's one of a illustrious group of 80s hair metal slasher movies. Rock and Roll Nightmare is another one. Hack-a-Lantern, I, I think, is one of those. I shall find out soon, dear listeners. How are you? Stay tuned what for format that. do you get it on? Blu-ray. Oh. I yes. would have been amazed if you said VHS, but that's all right. No, no, it's, it's all right. Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. And uh, Scorpion released two movies. One is called Humongous, which is, a ba- uh, which is about a humongous... Slasher. Wait. Yay. Literally a big guy? Yes, literally it's about a huge killer thing, creature, called Humongous. That's awesome. I can't Lord wait. Humongous? Um, huh? Lord Humongous? Maybe? Is that a something? Oh, Mad Max 2 reference? Oh, right. yeah. Whatever, there moving go. on. Yeah. Okay. And I Just also... leave us the gas! <laughs> 
And I'm also getting on Blu-ray The Terror Within Part 2. There's a sequel? I believe you watched Part 1, correct? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, I didn't know there was a part two. Yeah, and I bought it on Blu-ray, heading my way. And that's all for me. Fantastic. Okay, well, I, 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 I'm pretty terrified about what is going to be within the next couple of episodes. <laughs> oh, lots of shit. <laughs> lots of shit. <laughs> all right, man. I'll see you next week. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening.